It is my pleasure, my absolute pleasure to, um, to introduce, for those of you that don't know, um, the, uh, but I'm sure uh, her reputation has gone before her, Ismay, um, first time speaking tonight, give her a round of applause. So good. All right. All right. On that note, I'm just going to bless you ears quickly. Lord, we just thank you for Esme. We just pray that you bless her words tonight, Lord. Would we um, yeah, open our hearts and our minds to receive what she has to share. Amen. Oh, kia ora tato. Um, I'm so pumped. I'm pumped. <laughs> I'm pumped to be here today. Um, I'm pumped on what Anna shared. Um, I'm pumped looking at so many beautiful people in the audience today. Um, I just feel like God's moving in this space and I just feel real excited. Um, it is a real honour to be up here today. Um, it's, yeah, it, it feels really special and it feels like a really big honour. Um, I'll share about this soon, um, and some of you know this, but I guess part of my story is that I didn't um, grow up with a faith, I didn't grow up in faith spaces, so this very space here is where a lot of, or most of my formation and my friendships in faith came. So um, it's a real honor to be here. A lot of how I got to know Jesus and got to know God was from people speaking in this place, uh, worshiping in this space, praying over there, uh, conversations over there. Um, and so everything that I'm sharing, I see as being off the back of that. Um, so I just want to meet to that and acknowledge, um, yeah, all the people that have come before me in this space and the people that will come after as well. Um, I feel excited about that. Two things, two specific groups of people I want to acknowledge before I begin in that space. In this space, um, one is just the leaders in this space, those who have uh, come before and those who are serving now, both in formal and informal leader capacities. Um, I don't think leaders ever get acknowledged enough, and I think that, um, yeah, the people that hold these spaces week on week um, are legends. So I want to, uh, yeah, thank you for making a space that I could be at. Um, and yeah, and can be here at. Um, I also want to acknowledge, um, I feel a real conviction, I, a real desire to acknowledge um, the queer community in this space as well. People who um, have, yeah, cared for me, have shown me that I can be here, um, and people who have come before me in that space. It's a community that I really love, a community that I'm proud to be a part of. Um, and yeah, I want to acknowledge them as well. Um, this sermon started off being about being led by the Spirit, and I think landed in a place of being about courage, and I don't want to list off names, because that will just be the whole talk, we'll just be listing off names, but uh, those specifically in the queer community, their stories of courage are a huge part of what make me come back here week on week, um, so yeah, mihi to that as well. Um, yeah, so a little bit about myself, um, should you pay if you want to get up the first, the first slide, yeah, that's just my title slide, so title slide, I started... I just added in this one um, because I didn't want to like accidentally leave it on like a picture for too long. Um, so this is my title slide. Uh, that's the date. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, a few things about me uh, just to introduce myself and also probably give some context around um, what I'll be sharing. So um, my, my name is Esme Putt. I grew up in West Auckland. Um, yeah, oh, <laughs> oh good. Um, and, but I, I moved to Wellington when I was 18, so about seven or so years 
ago, uh, six years ago? How old am I? Six years ago? Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I grew up um, with a phenomenal family. Um, and we're still talking about a family that was very uh, science-led, very, very logic-led. Um, probably the question I got the most growing up was, um, what's your PhD going to be on? Was the big one. Um, so I grew up in those spaces and didn't have a lot of framework for faith. Um, I work now as a, um, as a software developer. Um, so do that around, around other stuff. Um, some other great joys in my life. Have you got a, have you got a slide? Um, one, of the great <laughs> one of the great joys in my life. Um, these are our fish. Um, so this is fish, 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 and jellyfish over there. Um, so that's <laughs> a fish tank in my room. So I have them. Um, I have a beautiful partner, Alicia, over there. Um, those are great joys. Um, another great joy, if you go to the next slide, is I live um, in this house up here with some people in this room. Um, and I'm going to talk a bit about this later on. Um, but we live in what used to be a backpackers up on the terrace. Um, it's got 13 bedrooms. Ten of us live there um, kind of permanently or for the whole year have signed on to the lease but then we've got three rooms that um, we have various people come and come and stay for various lengths of time um, just because whether they're in um, any sort of form of need whether it be financial or looking for friendship or looking for just connection um, we try and let those spaces be be rooms that we want God to fill um, for us and we've already we've had we've been running for four or so months and have had so many um, awesome people come come through our space over those months so um i lead that with uh with my friend jess um who, who isn't here tonight but she promised she'd listen to the recording so <laughs> yeah so um i'll know she has because she'll thank me for mentioning her if she has listened to it it's a good test um so yeah so that's a big part of that as well um so yeah, so kind of I, I grew up with this kind of space of was formed very much around logic, around science, and now um, faith and God I want as as I would say on a good day is 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 the center of my life. So I come at everything from this weird mix of 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 science, logic, and faith. So naturally, um, when I went to prepare for the sermon, I did two things. The first thing was I sat down and I prayed and I asked God to bring a scripture to mind. And the second thing I did was I Googled what the word lead meant. Um, <laughs> so when I Googled lead, um, this is what I got. I got, first of all, I got a light emitting diode, um, <laughs> an LED. Um, and I was like, oh, is there something here? It's like God, a light emitting diode. And we, but I kind of gave up on that. So I just settled on um, this definition of lead, which is to show someone or something the way to a destination by going in front of or beside them. And we're going to come back to that soon, but that, that's one thing. And the other thing that came to mind, um, I don't know if this is just because I don't have like a huge depth of theological knowledge, um, or because God really wanted to humble me, because I really wanted to get like a niche scripture, like I really wanted to get like a, like, a thing that everyone's like, ooh, like, um, like, you know, like <laughs> I haven't heard from like Esther in a while, like, but, I, but what I got was um, God humbled me, and it is a banger, it's an absolute banger, as uh, God brought out this scripture for me, um, which is from, from Matthew 4, Matthew 4, 18 to 23, um, and I'm going to read that one out now, so small, the font. Okay, so this is, um, this is about Jesus calling the first disciples. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. 
And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James and the son of Zebedee, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, and the boat was Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And he went through all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So I love the scripture. I've read this one heaps. It's been a big one that sort of held me and inspired me for, like, for the last couple of years um, since I've been in these sorts of spaces. Um, and I've read heaps and heaps. One thing that stood out to me um, when I was reading it this time around is, um, is if you look at just the speed of which things happen. Let's just like, I just really want to sink in. If we go verse 22, immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Verse 23, and he went through all of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and affliction among the people. Verse 22, 22, they left their boat and their father and they followed him. Verse 23, healing every disease and affliction among the people. <laughs> Verse 22, one sentence, one sentence and they lay down their nets and a town is healed. One sentence and they lay down their nets and they go on the biggest adventure of their lives. One sentence. Um, I love adventures. I love adventures. I was, I'm so inspired by this. Um, and the point I wanted to make here is that in order to be led you must want change, and you must be willing to change. And I think what Anna shared today is so on point, and I feel real humbled because I feel like she stole my sermon. But um, I think what Anna shared today is an example of this. Four weeks ago, God spoke, and now she's proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom down south. And I think this is an incredible thing, that when we want to be led, we must be prepared to change, because that's how fast things can change. Lay down your nets, and heal every disease and affliction among the people, or be on a journey that's healing um, through the land. Um, I think that's so cool. I think that's so cool. I met, when I was reading this, I, kind of, I was also asking God, um, like, sort of, what stories do you want to bring to mind? I was reminded of um, probably the first time that I would kind of consider that I felt really led by the Spirit. Um, and this was six or seven years ago, uh, my first year of university towards the end. Um, and it was before I had a faith and I had lots of friends, like close friends who were involved in the church. So I had a vague framework maybe for who God was, um, but I didn't, I didn't have a framework for God myself. Um, and some people here will know, um, or will be good friends with as well, uh, my good friend Medanir. Uh, Medanir um, was at Blueprint a couple of years ago for, for a season um, before moving to Otaki and then Whakatane with her, um, with her beautiful family. Um, but we've been really good friends for years, but what, what not everyone knows, I guess, is, is how we met in our friendship. Um, so we were in the same hall of residence. Uh, we were in a hall of residence with about 400 people. Um, and when you have dinner with 400 people, I don't know if people have been in a hall or like a retirement home, kind of similar. Um, you kind of all eat and, and, and together. Um, and so every so often we cross paths and I kind of knew who she was from afar. Um, and it wasn't until the end of year, um, we had it, yeah, we kind of hung out a few times, but we ended up sitting next to each other at our end of year um, hall prize giving. And I sat down next to her and sort of the, the small talk of the day was who are you going to go flatting with? That was like big chat, big goss. Um, so I turned to her and I was like, oh, what are we going to talk about? I turned to her and I said, oh, like, who are you like flatting with next year? Do you have any plans? And she said to me, um, oh, like, I'm not too sure. Um, I've got some of these other friends who are in, like, uh, in this hall um, or I've got like these friends in the hall, like just kind of scoping options right now. Um, and yeah, like something will come together. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. She asked me what I was doing. I, at the time, was looking for a flat 
with three other people, um, and we had been looking at flats. We actually had a few offers, and we were just had like, like we had a Facebook chat. We were just trying to decide. Um, so we had, chat ends and had the prize giving. All well and good. The next day, I was sitting at uni, um, and I was just studying. I just started feeling like really sweaty, um, really warm, um, but also cold at the same time. My stomach was turning. I just felt really, really rugged. Um, and I just felt this kind of voice say to me, um, ask Medinia to live with you. And I was like, that's outrageous. Like, we've <laughs> said no to, like, close friends. Um, and we've said no to people. And we've been offered flats. And we've been looking for weeks for four-bedroom flats. But I felt God say to me, like, just ask. Um, so I, I sent a message, if you go on the next slide. And this is, this is just proof this was the first ever message that I sent her. So that's the top of our messenger chat. Um, yeah, yeah. So I said, hey, Medinia, I was just talking to the others, which I hadn't actually done yet. I was just talking to the others, and we were wondering if you had a flat sorted for next year. If not, we were wondering if you wanted to join us in our dream team. Um, and she responded to that, and she said she was keen. And it must have been an act of God, because I then messaged the chat of the flatmates and said, you know those offers of flats that we have? Can we turn them down? Because you don't know this person, but I think she should live with us. Um, <laughs> And they were like, oh, awesome, like, kind of like, what's she like? And I was like, I don't know, but I think she's going to be great. I think she's going to be great. Um, and, um, yeah, so um, a couple of years ago, I had the honor um, of becoming um, the godmother of her beautiful daughter, Tehayata, um, and was the maid of honor at her wedding as well. And I think not just for me, but I think not just in the, our friendship, but, um, yeah, she moved in the next year, and we lived together for a couple of years. And that experience, like, absolutely changed my life. Um, the second flat we lived in together, we were in a six-bedroom flat this time. Um, we had a friend, I had a friend from work who was going through a really rough time in her living situation, um, and I was journeying with her for quite a long time around that, um, and she, she was living in a really unhealthy, um, in a really unhelpful living situation that was getting worse and worse, but she couldn't afford to live anywhere else. Um, and one day I was like, something has to change, so I rang Medinia, and I said to her, I said, um, hey, I had this friend, and I just wanted to run it past you before the flat, because I'd learnt now. I was like, um, I want to run it past it for you first. Um, I had this friend, I'm thinking of like just even offering her just to stay in my room. Um, do you think the flat would be okay with that? And she said to me, she said, absolutely 100%, but I've got one pushback. You're going to move into my room, and we're going to share a room, because no one should come out of that situation and have to share a room with you. <laughs> and she moved in, and over the course of that year, we had so many people come and live with us, in our lounge, on our floors. Um, at one point, we had like 11 people in our house, and that was my first example of living in a way that was different to anything I had seen before. And I think everything else that I stand for now, that I, I see um, as being of God in my life, started with those seeds, but it started with that saying yes. Because um, if we'd waited a couple of hours, we would have said yes to the four-bedroom flat. Or I would have got cold feet and been like, ah, oh, like that was a bit random, that was a bit weird. Um, and that would have gone and like had a scrumpy. Um, <laughs> I, would have, I, I, I would have just passed. But I believe that in order to be led, you must be up for change. You must be up for big change. Because um, things can change that quickly, but once they do, um, they're so pivotal and they lead to so much life. Um, here we now. Um, yeah, so I want to come... Um, I think another thing in that that I just wanted to talk about as well is, um, I guess, in, so, yeah, first point, in order to be led, um, we need to be ready for change, but also in order to be led, and I think Anna so beautifully touched on this in her story, is in order to be led, we have to not know where we're going. 
Like, I, I'm terrible with directions, and I Google Maps everywhere. Um, but if I know how to get somewhere, I don't Google Maps. I'm stoked. I'm like, I know where that one is. I never map something if I know the way, if I know where I'm going. So you can only choose to be led if you don't know where you're going. Um, when I was thinking about this, I was just thinking about, yeah, I guess, again, about how I grew up and the spaces I grew up in. Um, and one thing I was going to um, share about that is if you go to the next slide here, um, this is actually my bank account password, um, which we can say. And the, the context of that is, yeah. <laughs> so, I, um, so I grew up, yeah, no, cat money course doesn't uh, stand by this, by the way. Um, but I... Um, so I, so yeah, so grew up in spaces where success um, looked like, um, I guess, accumulating wealth, accumulating reputation, um, having sort of things. And I grew up, and I, I'd probably be considered to be probably pretty ambitious, and had certain ideas about how I wanted my life to look. And uh, what I really, really wanted more than anything was to work in a high-rise in London. That was my, that was everything I wanted for my life. If I had like a Pinterest board, it just would have been like pictures of those kind of like standing at the top with kind of, you know, it's nighttime and there's like a sunrise and they're like looking out about all the work they're going to do that day. Um, and I would, I, that, that is the thing that I grew up with and that's what I've always believed success to be. Um, and I read this article once that said, um, if, you, um, if you really want something, if you really want it, um, you should make your bank account password your goal. Because that way, whenever you log into your bank account, you see it and you go like, oh, do I want the scone or do I want my dreams? Um, so, so five years ago, I said this. As my, when I was at uni, I sent my password as London 2021. Uh, I'm not there. I didn't make it. I didn't make it to the... <laughs> So now every time I log into my bank account, I'm like, oh, I didn't make it. Um, I didn't make it. Um, also, like, if I owe you any money or anything, here's, this is your chance. Um, it's still my bank account password. But every time I log in, I see that. And I, every, time I every time I log into my bank, I'm so stoked. I'm so stoked that this isn't where my life led. Because um, every plan, I'm a big planner, I'm a big dreamer, I love putting steps in place to get things. I've made 18, 19, 20 point plans to get to London 2021. And every time I see it, I'm so grateful that I didn't get there. Um, I've got some slides, some slides here. Um, if you go to the next one. Yeah, it's my expectation, expectation of 2021. And I think what I shared, um, yeah, because as I was grossly informed by, I watched a lot of movies growing up. Um, grossly informed by Devil Wears Prada, bit of a shout out down there. Um, and... Yeah, I'm so, I'm so grateful that it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> so I think, um, going back to what I shared at the start, I guess what 2021 has looked for me um, is I live in a house um, where every day I wake up and I'm just surrounded by kindness. Every day I wake up um, to people who, um, yeah, want to know how I'm doing. Um, every day I wake up and no one cares how much money I'm earning or how successful I am um, or about my reputation. Um, and I get to come to spaces like this where no one cares how much money I'm earning um, or my reputation. And I come to these places um, and they're just filled with kindness. And that was something that growing up I, actually, I didn't think was possible and I didn't think was what my life could be. But what I'm so grateful for is that God knew it and that God knew it. And, and by none of my own planning have I got to this point, but only by... Um, 
choosing at times to step into places where I didn't know where I was going because I didn't know to hope for this. I knew to hope for the thing that I saw in the movies and I knew to hope for what I'd seen as success, but I didn't know to hope for a 13-person backpackers. Um, and um, yeah, so I think that, that kind of comes to, I guess, just like taking a couple of steps back um, to, I guess, where I felt sort of led to come into this space. Um, and um, yeah, that was kind of um, with, with the sort of chapter houses, those who know about them, we go through a period of discernment to get into them. So in October of every year, those who kind of feel a call um, or may they, that they may be being led to live in um, one of our chapter houses, which are houses of um, hospitality um, kind of o over the city. Um, in that time last year, I, I found myself leaning out. And I found myself, you know, I, I work in software development. I'm, I'm often working around spaces that see success in a different light. And I've started to feel kind of called towards that space. And I was like, I know I can do this. I know that if I work hard in this space, I can get back to London. There's still time. It's 2020. Um, I can do these things. But um, one day I went to bed and I had this dream. And I had this dream that I was walking um, down a corridor. And I was walking down a corridor with um, a, a member, a friend from our community, and we were brushing our, we were carrying our toothbrushes, and we went into a like a bathroom. It was one of those like bathrooms that you might see at like a school camp with lots of sinks in a row. And we brushed our teeth, um, and I could tell that I lived there. And we were brushing our teeth, and then and then I went to bed, um, and I woke up, and this and this was so vivid. Um, Two days later, I woke up again. I shared this with, with Jess, um, who I was living with in a different house at the time. Two days later, I woke up again, but this time to a phone call from Rose Morris, um, saying that she got a text from a, a friend from the wider sort of Anglican circles um, who had this 13-bedroom backpackers that they wanted to turn into a flat, but before they did, they wanted to know if we wanted to do something about it. Um, so that afternoon, myself and Rose um, and Jess went and had a look at it. Um, and we walked in and we went down the stairs um, and we found the hallway and the hallway was there, um, the hallway that was in my dream. And I think God, um, God sees us and God knows us and leads us back, back to those spaces. And I'm so, so grateful for God's faithfulness and the choosing to, to, to lead me back because um, this is the reality. This is the reality of 2021. Um, there's another slide as well. I think there's a lot of people in this room um, and we're in these pictures, um, and um, you'll notice that a lot of pictures, they all center around food and people, but um, these are some of my favorite photos from this year so far, and um, they're photos that I never saw in movies growing up, and they're photos that I never could have dreamt of, um, but, but speak to so much for me. Um, but this stuff is hard. This stuff is hard. It's hard to say yes. It's hard to do things like what Anna was talking about before. It's so hard. Um, when Jess and I started to dream about this space and we were talking to people being like, do you want to come and live with us in this thing? The two things we said to them were, number one, we have no idea what we're doing. And number two, we're just going to make heaps of mistakes. Um, do you want to come and make them with us? Um, and I still have no idea what I'm doing. Jess still has no idea what she's doing. None of us have any idea what we're doing. <laughs> um, and, but, but we're here and we're, we're trying to work it out. And I think, um, so second point in order to be led you have to not know where you're going. But third point, and I think this is where the hope is. This is where the hope to these things that feel like big challenges are. The hope is, um, if we go back to that definition, and we can do, I'm going back to that slide with the, with the definition, please. I should just put that again at the end. But um, that definition, the Google definition, um, if we go back to that one there, 
um, being led is to, uh, is to show someone or something the way to a destination by going in front of or beside them. Which means that if we're being led by the Spirit, the Spirit has been there already and the Spirit is beside us because you can't lead someone if you don't know where you're going. So if we're going somewhere, by that definition, the Spirit has been there before us and that's more powerful than anything else in the world. So if we're being led, the Spirit's there, which means that we're invincible, which means that we can do it. Um, and, and that, I think, is the hope that we can hold on to with being led. Um, last weekend, Alicia and I went away to, we were in Whanganui and New Plymouth, um, and it was, it was like the longest, I didn't realize at the time, but it was the longest that I'd been away from the house. Um, and I started becoming kind of like an anxious mother. I was like driving back, um, and it's sort of, I've, I've gone away a few times in the past, but I've sort of been away from Friday evening until Sunday and come back for church. Uh, but this time wasn't coming back for church, and it kind of flicked over into the time that church was starting. I just started feeling so worried as we were driving. I started feeling nervous and anxious. Um, we got to a campsite that we were at, and I started feeling like everyone who I could see was just making me real, real worried, and there was such a spirit of just worry and fear. Um, I said to Alicia, I said, I feel really scared. Um, so we decided to pray about it, and we prayed for like 45 minutes or so, and, and in that time, um, I think two things happened. Um, in that time, I, I asked God, I said, like, God, like, I just need your encouragement right now. I just need your provision. I need you to show me that it's all going to be okay because I just feel scared. Two things happened. The first thing, it was raining. It was like seven or eight, so it was dark. It was raining. Um, the first thing that happened was I felt, like, I just felt, like, warmth on my back, like I was sitting in the sun. And it wasn't profound. It wasn't some, like, scripture or cool message or picture. I think it was just a reminder that God was like, I'm here, and I can hear you, and I'm listening and I'm with you, um, and the rain stopped, which was great for putting up the tent, um, <laughs> um, and, but I felt the sun on my back, and then um, we finished praying, I went to the bathroom, and as soon as I sat down, just, um, just as clear as that first dream, I just kind of like was transported back and had that picture of walking through the hallway um, with my toothbrush again, and I felt like God was just reminding me um, that God is there, and that we've got this together, and that this actually, that, that actually this wasn't my dream or my thing I'm trying to do, but it's a thing that we're doing together. God's spirit was there first and will be there after me, and, um, and that's the provision that we can hold on to in this. Um, and I want to, yeah, again, honor Anna and, and the courage that she shared today to know this, and I feel like I'm, I feel... Um, you as a, um, as a tour kinda, as an, as an older sister in the space, and of your stepping out, um, and I'm learning from that, um, learning to trust and learning to know that God was there first um, and, in, and in order to follow that. I think um, I was talking to um, my good friend Luca today, he's over there, um, we were yarning about the sermon yesterday um, over breakfast at our house, um, and yeah, Luca asked me what the sermon was about, and I, I said, I, th- I think it's about courage, um, and we were just yarning about scriptures to do with courage. And I was reminded um, of just how many stories of courage there are in the Bible. Um, and that, I think, is a beautiful thing. That's a thing that we can hold on to as well. So my encouragement in this, as we learn to be led by the Spirit, is to find those stories of courage that stand out for you, that resonate with you, that you can hold fast to and be inspired um, and be deeply inspired by them. And the other thing I just wanted to say as well is um, that we're led all the time, and I believe that we have a God who, is, um, who deeply perseveres and is deeply, deeply faithful. 
I didn't grow up in the church. I started coming when I was like 19 or 20. And when I came to church, I felt I didn't feel like God was saying like, oh, you know, you're finally here. I felt God's like, God was stoked. Um, and um, yeah, I think these are just some of the stories of me being led. But um, there's also so many times where I, where, where I, where I didn't pick it up as well. Um, does anyone here know the TV show, The Good Place? Yeah, oh, good show, good show. Yeah, it's a, it's a wreck. But also, um, there's a great episode in The Good Place, and I don't know if this analogy will, will work for people, but I really love it. Um, there's one episode where they are, um, they're, they're, they're the kind of crew are like trapped in a place and they need to escape. And, there's, um, and they're, they're trying to find these clues, and over the course of the episode, kind of through crazy coincidences and kind of smarts and working things out, they manage to find these three clues, and just in time, they manage to make it to this train to escape. And when they get there, there's this sort of figure who kind of represents like a godlike figure on the show, um, is there, and he's, like, and he's waiting for them, and he's stoked. And they say to him, they say, oh my goodness, like we just made it. We're so glad we found the three clues you left us. And he just laughs and looks at them and says, I left you 10,000 clues. And I saw this and I was like, these are three examples of where I feel like I've chosen to say yes, but God's left me 10,000 clues. And I've sat in churches where I felt led to pray for someone and I've gone and got a drink instead. I've sat in, I've sat in spaces where I felt led to say yes and I just haven't felt up for it that day. Um, but I believe, and I believe that there is grace for those things, but I believe that when we do say yes, when we choose to lean and we choose to be led, um, then God puts these incredible these stories of transformation in our lives. Um, so Connor's going to come jump up, um, my good friend Connor, um, soon. I'm stoked. I'm so stoked um, that, that he's coming up after me. Um, and um, yeah, and because he's going to play today, I just, uh, my encouragement would be that we'd be thinking about the places where God um, may be leading us, because um, I just so believe that everyone in this room could have a PowerPoint presentation of God's provision in their lives. Um, and my prayer is this, that they just get um, longer and longer and longer um, over the course of our lives together. So, yeah, thank you for having me. It's such an honor. Um, yeah. <laughs>